This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the Solemnity of Corpus Christi, the 29th of May. In 1263, a priest called Peter of Prague was making his way to Rome on pilgrimage. He stopped in the little Italian town of Bolzena to celebrate Mass. Peter of Prague had been entertaining doubts about the Church's doctrine of the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Just after the words of consecration at Mass, blood began to run from the host down his hands and onto the corporal, that square linen cloth on which the body of Christ rests during Mass. And so confused was he that he tried to conceal what had happened until he realised that others had already noticed. And so he went directly to Orvieto, where the Pope was living. Pope Urban IV, he confessed his sin of unbelief, and the Pope sent a delegation immediately back to Bolzena, and they returned with the corporal, stained with the blood. You can see it exposed to this day, very clearly, above the altar in Orvieto Cathedral. The Pope was so impressed that he inaugurated a new feast in the church called Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. And he turned to a Dominican friar who was in his entourage in Orvieto called Thomas Aquinas. He asked him to compose an office for the feast. That means a series of prayers and hymns. St Thomas responded with one of the most beautiful poetic works of the Middle Ages. We still sing these great hymns today, Tantum Ergo and Adoro Te Devote, in the office of Corpus Christi. Thomas Aquinas loved the Eucharist. He said Mass every day. And then immediately afterwards, he would assist at a second Mass in thanksgiving. It's said that he really got through the liturgy without copious tears, so identified was he with the Eucharistic mystery. They say too that when St Thomas was struggling with an intellectual issue, he would go into the chapel and rest his head against the tabernacle door, and he would beg for inspiration. Towards the end of his life, he wrote a wonderful treatise on the Eucharist. Although he was still unconvinced that he had done justice to this great sacrament. So he placed the text at the foot of the cross and he prayed. And a voice came from the cross. Bene scripsisti di me, Toma. Obviously Jesus spoke Latin to St Thomas. You have written well of me, Thomas. What would you have as reward? Aquinas responded... Nil nisi te, I will have nothing except you. In that treatise, St Thomas discussed the Eucharist under the heading of transubstantiation. He said that at the consecration, at the words of Jesus that were used at the Last Supper, the total substance of the bread and the wine become the substance of the body and blood of Christ, even as the elements appear unchanged. Now, if these terms seem strange to us, we can translate them as reality and appearance. Most often in life, appearance and reality are the same, but sometimes it happens that they are distinct. For example, if you go out into the night sky and you look up at the stars, what you're actually looking at is something from the past. They aren't actually there. It's taken that long, so long for that light to reach us. Appearance of the stars and the reality are different. It seems, too, 
as though the sun moves across the skies. We know it doesn't. Appearance and reality don't come together. Or it could be if you meet someone and you get a really bad impression of them and you say that, you know, I don't like that person, but someone else who knows them well might tell you that person isn't really what they seem like. Appearance and reality don't always coincide. And so the church says that in the Eucharist, the appearance is one thing, but the bread has changed at the deepest level of its reality. It looks like bread and wine, but the reality is the body and blood of Christ. How does this happen? Well, words both describe and change reality. In the Bible, God creates everything by the power of his word. He doesn't just describe what he wants, he effects it. Jesus is the very divine word of God. Therefore, what Jesus says is. So, Lazarus, come forth from the tomb, and he comes back from the dead. Little girl, I tell you to get up, and she does. Or, my son, your sins are forgiven, and they are forgiven. What Jesus says is. The night before he died, he took bread and wine, and said, this is my body, this is my blood. His divine word not only describes, but it effects, changes, and creates reality in the most radical sense. When the priest pronounces these words of consecration, he is not using his own words, but the divine words of Christ, which bring about the very essence of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. One of the greatest American writers of fiction in the 20th century was someone called Flannery O'Connor. At the start of her career, she was sat down on one occasion at dinner with Mary McCarthy and a group of other New York intellectuals. The young Flannery, clearly the junior member of this rather sophisticated circle, was overwhelmed and barely said a word all evening. McCarthy, a former or lapsed Catholic, trying to draw O'Connor out, made a few nice remarks about the Eucharist, commenting that it was a very powerful symbol. Flannery looked up at that point and in a very shaky voice said, well, if it's only a symbol, I say to hell with it. I can't imagine a better summary of the Catholic doctrine of the real presence. And thanks to the yes that Mary announced at the Annunciation, we can have the joy and the consolation that the presence of Jesus gives. It's only here that we can find that presence definitively in his real sacramental presence. Let us ask her, the woman of the Eucharist, to increase our faith, our hope and love in the mystery of faith. Let us pray. O God, who in this wonderful sacrament have left us a memorial of your passion, grant we pray, so to revere the sacred mysteries of your body and blood, that we may always experience in ourselves the fruits of your redemption, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen.